This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're in the 757 and interested in getting locks, she is the one to go to. Specializes in all kinds of locks, dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, extensions, interlocks, interlocking, and more. To set an appointment, feel free to check her out on Facebook, Janique Locks. That's G-E underscore N-I-Q-U-E Locks. On Instagram, at Janique Locks, or simply visit her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this podcast. gentlemen ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen welcome 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 all right i feel like it's schizophrenic right now we're just you gonna get add to extra welcomes with every intro man listen you know sometimes people need to feel welcome bro when we get to podcasts like 45 50 it's just gonna be like 17 welcomes yeah yeah it should be it should be i just you know people are gonna feel that they're gonna feel real well i don't know if it should be but okay Ah, yeah it should okay. yeah that's uh no nah, i'm just kidding hey what's going on people it is eye to eye inspired to inspire the podcast it's all about being open honest and real having conversations about life and faith and as always we are willing to boldly go uh, where most folks ain't trying to. And again, tonight will be no different. Uh, tonight we're going to follow up on some stuff that happened a while ago, and we're going to follow up on something that happened yesterday uh, and just uh, have some good conversations about how, how God is doing great things and in some, in some instances where uh, great things needed to be done. So, uh, as always, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. And we're glad to have you rocking with us. And we're just going to get down to business tonight because uh, people got to make moves. And got things to do. Um, I have a Bible study that I'm leading at a church, mm-hmm. and it uh, was great last week, and it's gonna be great tonight. Uh, y'all just pray I don't get no speeding tickets in Jesus' name. Mm. Yeah, Prob- uh, problematic for your your build. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can have that conversation too. We ha- we have had that conversation. Yeah, we have. Uh, instead, tonight we'll just talk about my hair. Um, so uh, I love the locks that I have on my head. And I don't think that they are a misrepresentation of who I am um, as far as uh, what my IQ might be. I don't know what that is right now. I haven't bothered checking my IQ. Um, I do think I'm, I'm a fairly smart person. <laughs> I, I don't though. think it's a misrepresentation of your IQ uh, to people who look at the world through uh, a non-bigoted lens. I guess that's, yeah, um, we're so, and now we're going to start. Yeah. yeah. All right. But. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, I know that sometimes that, uh, that assumption can be made and it's very, very unfortunate. And it was actually made um, a, co- a month or so ago uh, in, an, in, in a story. Um, I pulled up the one specifically that involves the Oscars and, and um, uh, there was a, a short documentary. Well, mm-hmm. no, it was a documentary. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I yeah. think we, touched on it a few podcasts ago might have been um post oscars yeah i think we talked about it yeah post oscars yeah but it's, uh, it's come back up again in in a sense mm-hmm. all about hair love mm-hmm. uh but yeah so the director of of hair love um 
last name Cherry Matthew, uh, he did a really cool thing. He invited a young student to come with him uh, to the Oscars. And, it was, of course, they win that night, too. So it's, it's, it's double cool. But the reason why he bought him uh, was because of an instance uh, or uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just I'll call it nonsense uh, where yeah, the, stu- <laughs> the student he invited um, was uh, – was pretty much told that if he didn't cut his hair, uh, that he would not be allowed to graduate from the high school that he is currently attending. Uh, and the makeup is is, is kind of crazy. Um, DeAndre Arnold is is the boy's name, the student's name. He's a te- Texas high school student, um, stand-up student, um, made great grades, was involved in team sports, was involved in clubs and activities. I think he even had some leadership positions. Uh, and um, he went home for Christmas break this past year and came back. And by the time he came back, he was informed that his hair was too long and that he had to cut it. Now, to be fair, they said he just had to cut it short. They didn't say he had to cut it off. Um, but his hair had never been a problem before. He'd always uh, wore it up, and so it stayed out the way. But they were saying, now, nah, now, nah, playboy, that's not how this works. <laughs> it was some, like, archaic rule. Yeah, not, it's been on the books for forty years that yeah. they claimed. Well, and you know that's the funny thing though because we that that that's the mix of stories here. Like mm-hmm. some people are saying it's, it was something that they had for thirty years. Some people are saying that they literally had changed it overnight over the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, they come back and they told this young man, "Yeah, hey, look, you think you were going to walk across this? No, not even that. They suspended him initially, right. um, and now they're saying that you know he's not allowed to come back until he actually cuts his hair." And I just, I don't, I, this is where we, we, we got flippant last time. Uh, Cause I think we had kind of pre-talked about this before, uh, but I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around an organization, an institution, uh, anybody uh, who thinks that anything having to do with your hair because of what you would deem your own cultural or societal norms. Um, and I mean, I'm sure this applies to anybody in there. Of course, he's dealing with uh, an institution. Uh, if we got to go there, they are heavily Caucasian. Um, they probably don't have this quote-unquote problem amongst their people, but at the same time, um, what if they have another student there who who does have hair that's just as long and they keep it in, what, like a man bun or a ponytail or something? Um, it's well, not going to be an issue for them, but... And, and while that, I mean, this is the case in this instance, and that's probably more often the case, but it it does probably break you know, racial guidelines as far as that goes, because you also have people who probably look at Billie Eilish and they're like, what is she doing? Yeah. yeah. And they look at, you know, punk rockers with mohawks and what, like, what are they like? You know, I mean, <laughs> right, there, right, there's right. always been kind of a weird thing that people kind of point out or someone with long hair. Why do they have long hair? Someone who has a shaved head. Oh, they must be, you know, a yeah. certain way. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. that, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's really, you know, call me old fashioned. Yeah, that's this my segment, but uh, yeah, we do that a lot, of course. Books and covers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's always been my thing. I think um, one of the things I've been blessed with was just the ability to be exposed to a lot of different people on the way up. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, I look at it from kind of a musical sect, uh, if you will. I've I mad friends that did nothing but hip hop. Mad friends that did nothing but um, old school. Uh, hardcore punk rock and mm-hmm. metal, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then my friends that did, uh, you know, Lawrence R&B, Welk and you know, just, Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. I'll fight you. I'll <laughs> fight you so fast. Um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and the thing about it was for me, I really didn't care what they looked like. I didn't really care what they did. I got to know the person. Right. You know, I got to, you know, turn some pages and really get to understand their character, uh, their makeup. 
um, you know, some of the people who look the craziest in my world had probably the, the, the most integrity, you know, and it's just always been amazing to me to think about that. I mean, it's even biblical. You see the people whose cups were cleanest on the outside were just downright dirty on the inside. And yet the people who look like they probably could use a shower were probably the cleanest people that you know. <laughs> so, you know, well, it's like, just... like the Mark Twain quote that I love so much, uh, travel is fatal to prejudice and bigotry. Yeah. Uh, the more you change your worldview by going around the world, and that doesn't necessarily mean you, you have to move, you know, a certain number of miles to give you, you know, Delta status or something. But what it means is, are you willing to engage with other people who may not be in the same, you know, worldview or background that you have to learn more about what, what their culture is or right. what their worldview is. And I usually try to, in, when something like this comes up, I try to go, all right, let me, let me take a step back and figure out what is a perspective that might make sense from the other side, the side that I am, am not in agreement with. And I'm, str- I'm struggling. Right, I'm struggling right, right. with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Nah, I think um, I think what it boils down to ultimately is is just that it's the ability uh, to discover the power of conversation, and that's the problem with this. I don't think anybody on the side that made the decision ever had a conversation with anyone who sought to understand this, because I think one of the things that is big when it comes to everything is is the history of a thing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And right. even if we're talking about this hair, you right. know, we're talking about dreads. Um, I know that some people can automatically assume that it's tied to um, a religion that's really a little over 100 years old, which mm-hmm. is the Rastafari religion. Um, and, you know, everything that you can assume about the Rastafari religion, you know, uh, respect anybody who goes in that direction. I'm I'm a, I'm a serve Jesus, so that I die, we're cool. Uh, but there's also the fact that if you do that, then you're missing literally millennia of 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 information involving this one hair like you know what i'm saying like uh, apparently in its real origin the first people group that you're going to look at are indians as in indians from the far east right they had it first um and then of course you can look at the bible people don't realize you're having a conversation about samson and his seven locks like he had seven literal locks it wasn't mm-hmm. like goldilocks out there you know like it would be portrayed in, in some bible <laughs> story we're not yeah. gonna have that conversation either um <laughs> you know and then just even from there uh there are there were white folk who had dreads um you know good old Leif and all the viking folks you yeah. know they they had they had dreads man this is this is nothing new right and so you know i mean if you want to tie it to some type of barbarianism um that's in your world you can you can definitely do that but Anybody who knows what dreads really represented in most cultures, which was it was power and not just power, but in some cases it was wisdom. And the longer that they get, the more wisdom that you have. And, you know, the, 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 the more strength that you have, like in the case of Samson, you know, what I'm saying like people really need to, you know, get woke um, <laughs> and, and understand or at least realize that the value in the conversation could be a world changer for them. No, you may not grow dreads, but yeah, you might have a real appreciation for what they stand for. So thinking about the people who made this decision, this school board, this faculty, whatever the, the group was that made this decision, uh, do you, do you actually think that their understanding of the history is going to improve things when what it actually represents is power and wisdom? Uh, because that's, Partly why they might be closed-minded to this stuff because they're actually scared of people like this student maybe having power and wisdom. Yeah. That's so why, that might not I, actually help. You know, I love <laughs> I love your Caucasian self always asking these questions because 
I would publicize them, but I'd rather just let you do it and then follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm well aware of that. Right. I know that that can be a big part of this issue. Um, and at the same time, it's funny because of the power that this young man has and the way that he's handled this thus far. He didn't make no huge scene um, and all the things that have happened because of it. Uh, to be honest with you, I've, I've been waiting for the follow-up story. Still haven't seen a follow-up story yet about whether or not he's been allowed to come back to a school because he refuses to cut them. And they said until he cuts them, he can't come back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that, that does hold some weight. Uh, and, you know, I've, I always love this because I feel like it's the, there's always the quote-unquote irony of position uh, where eventually this is going to make it to some courtroom and it's going to be hilarious. Like the judge is going to come out and have like a full head, <laughs> like dreaded hair, and I'm just right. going to die laughing. Um, you know, it's just that's like uh, who was it? Um, the Arkansas governor, uh, George Wallace, mm-hmm. uh, when he was hospitalized uh, during that whole time where he was trying to promote segregation. Yep. Um, he was hospitalized and out of nowhere, it was like all black nurses that had to take care of him. <laughs> and he I'm sure he hated it. But he, in the end, I bet he had to gather the appreciation for it because he won't dead. Right. Um, you know, so I, I feel like that's that's one of the main things that. uh that really triggered me and this was just the fact that there is probably a seedbed of of really what it is is, 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 is fear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, First John tells us all about fear and love and the difference between the two and how there's a diaspora between them and, and how you really need to be on the side of love. It'd be a really good idea. Um, because I'm pretty sure if they were on the side of love, just in general, that this probably wouldn't even be a conversation. Um, but instead they're on the side of fear and right. it's funny how fear manifests itself in different ways that we don't even have conversations about fear manifests itself in tradition, like nobody's business. And if this is really a tradition, like they say it is, then it needs to be reapproached and it needs to be discussed. And I mean, whether or not they do it, no, who knows? But you know, for, for the sake of being, I would say that they need to at least have one conversation. And if they decide in the end that they're still going to be heartless, which is what they're being, <laughs> then, you know, whatever. I'm, I bet this young kid can still lay his head down and rest peacefully at night on his really comfy dreads. Well, you mentioned um, something about, you know, fear being theirs as a tradition. You know, in a lot of ways, we do see traditions are made to keep the status quo. Mm-hmm. And then once a tradition's there, whether or not it makes sense, People just just hold tight to it. True story. You know? And uh, you know, I see it in my own life. There's some things that you know I grew up doing as tradition, even just for for family things or family gatherings. And you know, my wife and I might go. Oh, I mean, do we really need to keep doing that? Because we may not even enjoy it anymore. We may. <laughs> I may was not trying be, to find a real you know? good like Caucasian tradition joke for a family, but mm-hmm. all I can think of is National Lampoon stuff. So I'm just apple gonna... picking. Yo, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I'm I've, so had, sorry. I've never actually been apple picking. Not apple, uh, like, but that's it's not definitely... picking. It's not picking. It's gleaning. Apple gleaning. Okay. Well, yeah. then that that wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I, showing, I really needed to remember that. You're showing your cultural appropriation. No, I'm not. I'm showing my acculturation. <laughs> Hanging out with these doggone <laughs> white people, man. I love them. I do. But yeah, it's funny. I, I, I did my first apple gleaning with uh with a community service organization when I was in college, and I was like, "What? What the heck is apple gleaning?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was interesting. But I did it, and it was cool. It was fun. It was for a good cause. Yeah. You know, <laughs> fear is an interesting thing, and there's something else going on in the news with the coronavirus that's causing oh, some fear. Oh my I gosh. think. Yeah. I think we just found out that uh, there's two confirmed cases in, in our area now. Yeah. Um, you know, it is it is kind of funny what what it will do to people um i i read something today that 
fears, fear will also put things into perspective for you, mm-hmm. right? So this is what I read. To those who now have 28 packages of pasta, to those who are searching the black market for hand sanitizer, to those who walk around. $140, bro. $140. Uh, uh-huh. To those who are walking around with a face mask, and to those who are planning to flee with their kids out of the corona-infected area, let's just say, never again look down on people who flee from war and famine. I think that puts things into some perspective. You know, when it's somebody else's problem and somebody else's fear, we stop. We, we just don't care. There you go. And then when it's affecting our world, suddenly we care, which kind of uh, kind of Jesus's message. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I just, I read that and I was like, wow, it is funny how, how much perspective something like that can, can put on you. Oh man. The so. conversations we can have about that. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. It could so be endless, but I feel like yeah. that was at least concise enough to kind of. Well, I mean, that's all, like I said, that's the whole <laughs> thing. I always feel like that's uh, the, you, the whole, you reap what you sow thing. It's, uh-huh. it's biblical. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if we're going to yeah. have that conversation, you best believe that this is, Technically, been a long time coming. I say that objectively. I don't say it subjectively. I don't think anybody, quote unquote, deserves what they're getting. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. No, I mean, and and I don't think that God brings down judgments Rad. this way because you know people are making life choices. Hurricanes are not because of the gays. You know, yeah. whatever yeah. it may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a thing. No. Um, but this is simply about humanity's perspective on. Oh well, if it affects me, then. You know, I I deserve this, that, and the other thing. But if it affects somebody else, then they just need to pull their bootstraps and yeah, figure it out. It's interesting to me exactly how graceless that approach is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I see it with the immigration issue going on in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, fear is what makes people angry about the immigration issue. When in reality, the people who are coming over, and this is from somebody who spent 30 years in Southern California, mm-hmm. they are not who a lot of our leadership is saying who they are. That's just, it's not, it's not true from, from my own experience. And it's also not true from empirical data. Um, So, you know, it's also not true just from that because our own experience can Mm -hmm. totally cloud things too, but it's simply just not true. But if you can drive that fear, then suddenly you can get people voting to build a wall and take resources away from, Things like maybe what we have going on right now the coronavirus. Uh, with the coronavirus. Well, I mean, they put $8 billion back. But, yeah. no, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I think we talked well, about that before. Well, he also donated his, uh, his fourth quarter or his, his uh, first quarter paycheck or fourth quarter paycheck you know, sure. to, the, uh, to the same group, the, uh, the Health and Human Services Department. Okay. Um, it, he donated, uh, you know, 100000 to that group, um, the same group that in his most recent proposal, I think he was going to cut $8 billion. Um, so, you know, every little bit helps. <laughs> Jesus, so, yeah. help me. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I, I I see exactly what you're talking about because I know what we, I, I don't know if we had that conversation here, but I remember having that conversation with somebody where, um, who was that? I think it was like Cuccinelli or somebody was mm-hmm. uh, trying to get elected last year and they did, um, they did an ad and I forget who paid for it, who cares who it was sponsored by. I just remember they were talking about. Uh, the group that was trying to come up from Honduras at the time. Oh yeah, the, and yeah, the, and, but the I forget video. what they called it, but yeah, it was like the, yeah. the million person. Yeah, exactly. But you, siege of. Do you remember seeing <laughs> the video though? Yes, and yeah, it was that, video from a completely different. Yeah, time it was. And region I was just and, like, yeah, and it was mm-hmm. hilarious because I'm like mm-hmm. watching all of these like violent people, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, but 
but that's not actually what's happening because if you yeah. look, it's just it's it's amazing to me, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me, like listen, listen, listen now. If you <laughs> if you if you watch MSNBC, if you watch Fox News, even if you watch CNN, if it you does, watch it doesn't matter if you watch BB whatever the heck, um, just BET. Yeah, or B- BBC. Actually, yeah, BBC. probably yeah, BBC, but BET too. <laughs> why? Why the heck not? You know what I'm saying? It it would behoove me to not tell you to at the very least. Number one, read your Bible first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about that? And and two, you know, it's like seek God with everything that you have, and just believe in everything that His Bible says. Especially mm-hmm. like Ephesians four three, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Um, peace, um, peace. And and remind yourself when you look at your favorite leader uh, that, you know, if they exemplify that, then rock with them. And mm-hmm. if not, then maybe think differently. And I mean that on both sides. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, though, just it, it would behoove you if, you, if you're going to watch or listen to anything, to be honest with yourself and at least entertain the other side. Right. Um, you just, know, just I know we've had it. Yeah, what, we, what you're seeing. We've had this conversation mm-hmm. before where it's just like, not everything is friend or foe. Not everything is for or against. You know what I'm right. saying? You should not simply seek to impose your philosophical will on other people. Christocentrism, which is Jesus at the center of it all, mm-hmm. would simply state that we are called to do one thing and one thing only mm-hmm. outside of love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here's the question. Who's your neighbor? And the answer is... Everybody. And it's really unfortunate for some of y'all because then you mm-hmm. realize... You know, the terrorist, the murder, uh, the murderer, the rapist, and now, you know, other unnecessary conversations like the Democrat or Wait, the Republican. Are you, are you telling me we're called to go into all the world? Um, that's okay. that's actually the very last thing that Jesus said before he, <laughs> right. he took off. Right. He's like, like, he's like, listen, I'm going to levitate like David Blaine here. <laughs> go into all the world. Peace. <laughs> really? With, with the David Blaine, though? Yeah. Come and then on, he held brother. his breath for 15 minutes. Come yeah. on, brother. That uh, oh my gosh. But yeah, so I mean, no, you know, just, just fact check some things. You know, it's uh, it that's was, my favorite. It thing. Turns out it was not a Latin zombie horde that was coming sure? up from Honduras. It turns out, you know, because I thought reanimated individuals from Nicaragua, no, were like the no. Well, what turned what's what's weird is it wasn't zombies. They were vampires. That's what ended up being crazy. So, see, fact check that one. Trying not to let my. I'm eyes trying roll. to give the people a challenge in the back of my head. <sighs> Fact check that one. Jesus. Anyway, so we have one more thing we need to talk about at the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this actually just happened yesterday. Now, I've been keeping my eye on this for a hot minute. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, I am beyond hype about this. Uh, we may, uh, I even put a big ask out there and we'll, we'll, we'll see. I can't make no promises. Um, but uh, Maya Moore, um, who, if you are a basketball head in any way, shape, form, or fashion, you understand that this woman is already a GOAT. She's a legend in her own right. She got two championships at UConn. She got mm-hmm. two, um, uh, what is it, uh, two w- gold w- Olympic gold, oh. no, two Olympic medals, Olympic. and then she's got four Hopefully WNBA we have the Olympics this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, Sorry. <laughs> Shots to the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she, uh, in in the middle of her prime, 28 years old, mm-hmm. um, and the thing is I actually kept an eye on her last year for this reason, a lot of respect for the fact that she laid down uh, the zenith of her career, like the epitome of being able to come out and probably get another two titles easy. Right. Um, to, to go back and do pretty much seminary work mm-hmm. and just ministry work. Um, with this, fam- this is the equivalent <clears throat> of, of Steph Curry walking away. Yeah, yeah. Well, Steph, 
He did walk away this year with a broken hand. <laughs> well, come on. Yeah, you know, that, that was that was the Lord's I'm stuff. trying to give people perspective who may not be WNBA heads. I got you. Well, you know, everybody should be. Shouts to Kobe. RIP uh, for the rep. Um, but, um, yeah, so she dropped, She laid down her first year uh, pretty much to do missionary work. Um, and a part of that, and something that her family's been doing for years, like at least uh, at least a decade, has been prison ministry. Yeah. Well, in the process, she got the chance to to know um, and meet an individual that's about 10 years her senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, that His name is Jonathan Irons. If you guys were watching ESPN yesterday, you probably had a chance to see a little some of this. Uh, but the follow-up is... Um, he had been in jail, I think, for almost 16 years, maybe even more than that, uh, 23 years, uh, for a crime that they believe he didn't commit. Um, and so uh, with her being out, she had been closer to the situation to realize everything that was going on and decided that she was going to drop a second year of the WNBA <laughs> and just playing basketball and everything else to really work on getting this man's conviction overturned. Mm. Uh, and guess what happened? Yesterday, it got overturned. Yeah, and it's just it's it's amazing to watch. It's awesome to see the power of one voice, no matter how big that voice was. Yeah, uh, because she was able to get a lot of people to sign on. She got a lot of signatures. I think over like forty thousand signatures uh, to to have this man's case reviewed again. Yeah. Uh, and this was against the wishes of um, NED, uh, the the district attorney, and well, all. Well, sure. This I mean, it's not in their interest to have no. to have a victory overturned. Exactly. You know? Exactly, but um, yeah, man, it was just it was amazing uh, to see that and just to witness uh, a God moving in a situation where it looked like it was just insurmountable, overcomable. This right. this this man went to jail at the age of sixteen years old, oh. um, and they had said and is unrecorded. Uh, he was being interviewed by one person and one person only. Uh, they said that he had confessed to the crime. Uh, he and his attorney had vehemently de- denied it the entire time. Denied it to this day. Um, and yeah, they had no other facts. They had no other evidence. They had nothing mm-hmm. at the scene that could put him there. But apparently, uh, the prosecutors had some other evidence that had different fingerprints, uh, different other markings that were not the victim and were not Jonathan. And so they <laughs> pretty much withheld it. Yeah. Is, is, is what they're saying. And uh, yeah, you would be. So this is going to definite. So I've I've never been Apple. What do you call it? Apple not picking something else. Oh, gleaning. gleaning Apple gleaning. Yeah. yeah. But I have done the very white thing of of listening to multiple true crime podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will nice. just say that that it is having listened to a couple. One of them is uh, called Generation Y, which is really really fascinating. Okay. Um, they go through countless cases. A lot of them to do with the ones that may be wrongful convictions, different things like that, and. One of the things that will will shock and terrify you is the number of times that protocol is not followed, that evidence is planted, uh, that confessions are coerced. Wow! Um, yeah, th- I think uh, there's a was it the Norfolk Five, Norfolk Four, something like that um, from years ago. Um, that's oh, like a the, the Central Park Five. No, there's a Norfolk one. Really? Yeah, there were like some some sailors who got pinned with something and basically everything that happened they just coerced every all of the confessions it's crazy say word it's crazy and so the more you hear about this stuff because these stories break my heart anyway because right, i right, I've, right. I've been you know i've been a little bit involved with some prison ministry um in in my uh, future life when i have a little more time i'd like to be more involved with them again because these things just really break my heart and i can't believe 
our our system is is bad, bad. so corrupt, yeah, no, and and is... these men are losing their lives. And what's what's interesting when you you take that back to biblical, yeah. How many times have we seen kind of biblical heroes wrongfully imprisoned? Oh, every time, constantly, every time, yo. constantly. Paul, yeah, yeah, Joseph, Jesus, you uh-huh. know, just yeah, e- even every... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in, in exactly. a way, like the same yeah, thing. Daniel, like, yeah, no, I mean, wrongfully accused, you and, know, and uh, that's the whole thing. People don't pay attention to that, man. Like, that's one of the realest things ever. I saw I that. Um, somebody was actually talking about that one day. I had a chance to to just kind of watch, and I was just, I was kind of flabbergasted uh-huh. at the fact that, yeah, this is this is unfortunately very much a norm since the, the beginning of, of, and, and of historically recorded time. One of the big things I, I've been watching with what's going on with kind of the presidential race this year, like one of the, the, mm-hmm. the important issues to me is reforming our, our incarceration system. Because, 100%. because it's about punishment, not about, you know, reformation yeah. well, or, you know, or getting them reintegrated into society. Yeah, it's like um, um, my 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 guy Dominique Gilliard, who in Jesus' name will be interviewed by us one day. I can guarantee it. Um, I wrote an awesome book that takes a look at the entire scope of this, and I was going to mm-hmm. bring up a little bit of that uh, because he talks about restorative justice. But even before he yeah. starts touching on that, um, he touched on even after slavery. Like Cass don't realize that after slavery, it was actually probably worse for African uh, and African American individuals who lived here because. Uh, through slavery, you were actually taken care of because you were seen as property. But right. after that, right? They no, came, you, you had value. Yeah, but after yeah. that, you became. You just um, became the enemy. Well, no, you're not <laughs> just the enemy. No, they they did something different though. They would find just about any reason to arrest and imprison yeah. an African individual, African American individual, and then they did this thing called convict leasing. In, in prison at at best, because they were doing worse than that. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. still, uh, no. They, I mean, but literally, they would put these folks in prison for for like the wrong, like pretty much breathing wrong, right? Um, and then through convict leasing, they would end up having to go back to the same plantations oh, that geez. they were at. Yeah. Um, and then because they weren't property, the former slave owners and masters that they had did not mind working them to death because the second that they died, they could just be replaced by somebody else. Mm. And so you know, it's just like. Call me crazy, right. but this whole prison and pipeline thing that mm-hmm. we've been having conversations about, it, it sounds like a, a remodel of the same exact well, thing. And, when and it comes there down is a lot it. of that going on now mm-hmm. where, I mean, the fact that we have prisons for profit, like, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. that, that means that the conflict of interest is the more people who are in prison, the more money you make. Yeah. I don't care what side of, of the aisle you are on or how much you want to be hard on crime. That cannot be a thing. No. Like, that, that means that it is in your best interest to have people in prison for longer than they should be, convicted for crimes they did not commit. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, that, can, that is not land of the free. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's highly unfortunate that we yeah. even have to have a conversation like this. Um, and in the positions that we find ourselves in, I think that it's, uh, it, it's, very, it's very necessary, if nothing else, to encourage people. Uh, to remember, you know, the the stance of, of, of Jesus and everything that he said and everything that Paul said in reference to their being slave nor free. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I don't know, it, it boggles the mind that people who claim, and I will have this conversation, I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll one day just have to hash out this difference between quote-unquote evangelicalism and, and, and um can we just defer to the Holy Ghost? No, I refuse. Because um, as much as I love them, they <laughs> they have their one high horse, and they do it really, really well, mm-hmm. but they don't talk about everything. Okay. Um, 
you know, but just the difference between that and then fundamental Christians. And, you know, the, the, the lay of the land would say that, you know, it's cool to, to really want to adhere to certain things, but I just been going through Galatians a lot recently, um, like pretty much every day because it's a really small book. Um, and it's reminding me of the understanding of the difference between law and relationship. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so many people pin their very core values to the law and they miss the mark because they fail to to grasp onto and to hold on to relationship the way that they're supposed to. And because of that, we have a very broken and a very fallen society. And then you tag that and you add to it the insecurity of man, the mm-hmm. fear of man, and ultimately the hatred of man. And we have the, this almost became an expletive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have the crap show that, that you do see in today's society, yeah. both inside and outside the church. And of mm-hmm. course, the inside the church is the one that I have a supreme problem with. Outside the church, I can care less. Well, because inside the church, it's about you matter to God. Nobody, you know, God can change your life. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, you know, the, everyone can be, can be saved. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done, where you've gone. Forgiveness is given to everyone. Mm-hmm. And then yet immediately, well, you did something wrong. Go to jail. Like it's, that's yeah. not... It's yeah. not exactly the same. No, it's not. <laughs> and it's... that's not saying that, that there shouldn't be cause and effect or punishment. Like, that's not saying that. But um, we, we tend to write off people who have made mistakes. We tend to write off people who have criminal backgrounds. And that is n- yet the complete opposite of, oh, of what, what we preach and what we, we know. Yeah, that's like people versus the state as opposed to restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately what, what it comes down to is, um, crap, it was in my mind, and then you spoke and I forgot, but that's oh, not I'm your so fault. Sorry. No, 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 it's cool. Um, but yeah, ultimately what, what, it, what it comes down to is, is just the understanding of, um, you know, no condemnation really does mean that, no condemnation. Right. And so if we are going to operate in that mindset because Christ has given us that mindset, uh, then we need to take a deep and hard look at that understanding because if there's no condemnation, then there should not be a critical conviction that is condemning people to a life that they don't need to have. Again, right. that's the person versus the state as opposed to right. being able to, there's penalty, mm-hmm. but there should not be, con- there it goes, there's penalty, there but there go. should not be condemnation. Yeah. And that's what penalty looks like in their eyes. Right. So. That's all I got to say about that, because if not, I'll just be pissed off and I'll keep talking. I know. And there's a lot more <laughs> that we could say, but, you know, <laughs> but that's always going to be true. And we will. Um, I know one of the things I want to do, uh, we did get uh, a, a few emails of people wanting to round robin and revisit some of the stuff we were talking about, mm-hmm. some of the interviews we had. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll make it a point to, to probably do that sometime uh, in the next couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. then we also have a, a tag team. We have a collab. Uh, to do with with another podcast that's that's going to come down the pipe too, yep. um, but yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate y'all support, man, because this is this has been a fun ride. We and do. It, we appreciate your feedback. I got some feedback recently that I apparently will will tease an opinion or something, and then I don't get to it, and I blamed on you. <laughs> and so that's because Jordan will give me a look like, "Don't go talking about that right now," because I'm the the liberal wild card of the two of us. I mean, uh, Jordan know. is the is the old school traditional guy over here. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyper. I'm hyper conservative. <laughs> I, re- I really, really am. Um, no, I mean it's it's not about that. But you, you talk know, about being old fashioned all the time. That's the difference. This you, is true. You have much better table manners than I do. I think. Okay. That's that's you know, what I'll, I'll say. I'll legitimately yeah. take that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I will. Okay. Well, you know. 
it is what it is. In the meantime, yeah. in between time, folks, hey, we, we do appreciate it. If you if you got questions, uh, don't forget you can email. Uh, you can email us at inspired1usa. That's inspired, the number one, USA, at gmail.com. Um, and also, we got, like I said, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe um, in the next couple weeks even. But, yeah, uh, the, the great news is still in the works. It's still in the making. But sit tight. It will come. Um, and uh, I know that in the meantime, in between time, we will continue to, to crank out these hits. Um, but that being said, I got a jet. We got to make this an early night. Yep. Um, but we do love y'all. We thank you once again. And we will look forward to talking with you next week. And until then, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. And continue to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. I'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Eye to Eye is a production of Inspired One Enterprises. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta at I2I Podcast. That is I underscore the number two underscore I Podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform. Uh, leave those five stars and a generous review because you love us and want us to be successful. You know, like we want you to be successful. You know, it's like the whole reason why we've made this thing. Come on, man. Uh, Anyway, thank you once again for rocking with us. And please continue to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Yeah, y'all take it easy. We'll catch you next time. One love. Peace.